We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The score! Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station, Station, Station. What's isolation with you? We're just going into a cave? Are you not going to talk? It's, uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness. What? Are you locked in? You're not locked in. No, you can you can leave if you if you you know you can't do it. You can just walk out the door. But it's uh, it's a darkness retreat. You better be locked in if you're going to do a darkness retreat. You got to get yourself fully locked in before you're locked in. And Aaron Rodgers will then figure out what he wants to do, and the Packers will wait. I guess, or they'll be planning for either way. Let's find out. Sparky Pfeiffer is on Twitter at Sparky Radio. He is the co-host of. Curd and Long, a Packers podcast. See what he did there? And he's with us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Sparky? What's going on, guys? Sparky, look, man, what the hell? How about that? How about we start right there with your guy, Aaron Rodgers? How long have you been isolated in the dark? (laughs) I've never been isolated in the dark. Uh, but the one thing I take away from this, Roger's talking about, well, you know, you can sleep a lot uh, when you're in this darkness retreat. Well, that may be, uh, but I've done a 64-hour sleep strike back in the day, uh, waiting for the Brewers to get a victory. It's a long story. Um, but I was able to get eight hours of sleep, be fully recharged and ready to go. I mean, you can only sleep so much before you're going to be wide awake and not be able to go back to sleep. Uh, and then he's going to be alone with his thoughts, which apparently is what he wants to be at this point. But there is absolutely zero chance I could pull that off. It, it just seems to me that, I, I mean, look, the whole thing with him over the last four seasons has been really strange. Y- give me an assessment of what the relationship with him and the Packers h- is like right now, because it felt like things had cooled and there was detente between them. I think if you're Brian Goodikens, you're pretty mad right now how this whole thing is playing out yet again. Because as he pointed out in the middle of the season when he was asked about Rodgers coming back, he said, look, we just paid him all this money. We just gave him this contract. We expect him to be here and play. That's why we gave him all of this money. That was part of the deal of 
of why we did what we did. Uh, and then you have Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee's show talking about, well, if they want me back. Well, the Packers, at least publicly, have never said they don't want him back. They've consistently said all year long uh, that they do expect Aaron Rodgers to be a part of the Packers this year moving forward. Now, the one thing that Brian Gutekunst has said in the past is that you know he doesn't see a, a scenario in which Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers are both on the Packers roster in 2024. Uh, but, but again, that would be after 2023 for the upcoming season. So I think their expectation when they signed that deal with Aaron Rodgers was he was going to be here for two years. And then at that point, then comes decision day of are they moving on or are they you know, standing pat with Aaron Rodgers and continuing to play this thing forward. I don't think they expected after one year, after going through all that stuff last offseason to get a contract done, that heat up and start playing these games all over again. They say one thing publicly. Do they mean what they say? I don't know. I don't know what they mean or say, but that's kind of what I'm going off of right now. Uh, Jordan Love's got that fifth-year option coming up that they have to make a decision on. You know, I've, I've stated in the past that if you want Jordan Love, if you think he's turned that corner, you know, they brought in Tom Clements, uh, who was Aaron Rodgers' old quarterback coach uh, that left uh, a while back. They brought him back, and everybody thought it was for Aaron Rodgers, but in reality, Jordan Love really turned a corner, everybody is saying this year, under Tom Clements. Uh, and Tom Clements has said he's ready to be a star in the league for a number of years. He's, he's ready to go. All the other players uh, around him, Aaron Jones was on Super Bowl uh, radio row talking to every station in the country, I think, all saying the same thing, that he thinks Jordan Love is ready to go as well. So if you have Rodgers for this year, then you have to keep Jordan Love happy. So do you go to Jordan Love and say, look, not only are we going to pick up your fifth-year option, we're going to get a three-year extension, and we'll pay you through five, six, and seven year of your career at middle rate, so 15 to $20 million a year. And if I'm Jordan Love, a guy that's never started more than one game, he's never started two games consecutively, uh, you take that and go, okay, fine. I'll wait one more year behind Aaron Rodgers. I know you want me. I know there's some faith and trust there. I'll sign that deal. Nobody's really talking about that option necessarily, and maybe it's not an option. Uh, but that's how I think you win this is you keep Jordan Love, you get Aaron Rodgers for one more year with guys that were in their first year last year at wide receiver that showed a lot of promise, I think. You come back, you can do it one more time uh, with this offense and then see where you are at that point. How possible is it that Packers management is just tired? Like like they're just kind of tired and Rodgers' play last year doesn't rise to the level of them putting up with the other stuff. I don't think it's fair to to make that statement about Rodgers necessarily, um, uh, only because, I mean, Christian Watson uh, was hurt, then Romeo Dobbs was hurt. I mean, they, they've had the, the offensive line was banged up throughout the year. They're having rotating pieces there. There were a lot of extenuating circumstances other than Rodgers. Right? Yeah, yeah, but even but Sparky, was, Sparky, even in the, in the game that you had to have, at the end of the season, he didn't play well. No, and he said he didn't play well. I'm not saying he played at an MVP level necessarily. All I'm saying is the, the parts around him weren't necessarily the parts that they all assumed they were going to have at the beginning of the year. Because once Christian Watson was healthy and playing again, uh, that offense dramatically changed when once Watson became a part of that offense. But once Watson was healthy, then Romeo Dobbs, the other wide receiver, uh, who had played well in training camp in the beginning part of the year, then he was hurt for several weeks, and then he was out. So you really never got to see what that offense was. Robert Tunney was coming off of a, a torn ACL from the previous year. He really didn't start to look like himself, I don't think, really until the end of the year. Now he's going into free agency. I don't think he'll be back, but you really never got to see it, I guess. So from a Packer management standpoint, you can say, 
okay, we don't really still know what this looks like with Aaron Rodgers. So the, the aspect of what you said, Lawrence, as far as being tired of him, I think they've been tired of him for three or four years. Like, I, I don't think that just started happening, but because he's played at such a high level, they dealt with it, they moved on. And more importantly, I don't think they thought Jordan Love was ready to play at that point. He was still raw, still trying to figure things out, still wasn't comfortable. And now this is the first time where they probably feel like he probably is comfortable and is, is ready to go. I still think the, the misrepresentation that Rodgers is doing, because on that McAfee show, he kept saying it. And, and Pat McAfee finally said, did they say this to you? And Rodgers said, well, no, but if you look at it, I mean, Jordan Love's got the 50-year option, and he's playing better and so forth. So Rodgers, to me, at least, it seems like it's kind of making this all up in his head, spitting it all out there, kind of trying to lay the land for him maybe to get his way out of there uh, and make the Packers look, uh, you know, I don't know if like the bad guy one way or the other, but the, the Packer fan base, I'll say this, I think a majority of the Packer fan base right now is ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers because they're sick of dealing with Aaron Rodgers, which I never thought we'd get to. A majority, yeah, not, not a so. vocal minority. You think, you think the most Packer yeah. fans are like, enough already? Like I, I'm telling you right now, Dan, of, of the just not even on Twitter, just friends, family, people you see out, they want to talk Packer football. It's hard to find many that want him back. I mean, a lot of them are just like, we're done. Like, we'll just deal with whatever Jordan Love brings us. That's fine. But we're done dealing with his antics and everything that goes along with him. And I never thought we'd get to this point. You know, you go back to Brett Favre and Ted Thompson and that fiasco and how that worked. That was, that was a, like a little civil war among Packer fans uh, as far as that was pretty much split 50-50. Uh, and families arguing with each other, friends arguing with each other over who was right and who was wrong and whose side you're on. And this is definitely not what this is right now. What's the truth about his offseason last year? Because I've, I've seen it reported that he didn't get with the young receivers, and that probably is the reason that things took a little while to get going for them. Well, yeah. I mean, but, see, this is the thing, right? So when he came in as a draft pick, um, he was cocky and he was who he was uh, and he was behind Brett and him and James Jones um, and a couple other guys worked out for those first couple of off seasons together because none of them were really playing. All the vets were playing in front of them. So they were working out trying to get the reps in. Once Rogers got to that point of being a starter and establishing himself and all of that, that, that stuff all stopped. So now you have rookie wide receivers uh, and, you know, we're all clamoring for them to get together, at least come to OTAs. If you don't want to work out on your by yourself at your place in California or whatever, fine. But at least show up at OTAs, put the work in, and that didn't happen. He showed up at the mandatory one. He was there for that one. And the rest of the time, it was Randall Cobb playing the conduit between Rodgers and the wide receivers and telling the wide receivers what Aaron Rodgers likes and doesn't like. And Randall Cobb was kind of the good guy. Uh, to the bad guy of Aaron Rodgers, whenever Aaron Rodgers would get upset at the wide receivers, Randall Cobb would come over, pat him on the head, and say it'll be all right. You know, it is what it is, and that I think was a a, a big miss. Yeah, I think that should have been a, a deal where you know Rodgers gets these young guys together and goes, "Hey, man, come out to my place. Uh, you know, let's get to know each other for a week or two, or maybe just a week. You know, and, and you practice running routes and practice showing what how the, how he wants them to watch film." what to look for, whatever, I think all of that would have been good, even if it was after the OTAs and before training camp, just so there was some chemistry when you walked into training camp. And instead, there, there wasn't any, uh, and it was a learning process for the first half of the season. And then, of course, all the injuries came into it. When Lafleur first got there and we heard about conflict regarding 
audibles about what he's allowed to change and the way that was all going to run. We know that it was a a bumpy introduction to their relationship. Where does that stand now? Have they figured out? I, I guess what I'm asking is, is Lafleur itching to get back to what he wants to do with the offense with love in a way that is that that matches up in his head, where he knows he has to change things around to account for running things the way Rodgers wants them run? Yeah, you're right, Dan. When they came in, it was made to seem like Rodgers wouldn't be allowed to audible or do anything, and obviously that didn't play out. Rodgers did what, what Rodgers wanted to do, and there wasn't much Matt LaFleur was going to do. At one point, I remember, he was running McCarthy old plays. So LaFleur was like, what is he doing? Uh, and he was running an old McCarthy play uh, with his veteran wide receivers that knew what he wanted to run. Um, so that's where it was when it started. Um, and then after year one, I think there, there became more of an understanding of what each wanted. And then as they said, you know, they've kind of merged their thoughts and so forth, and, and it became an offense of what they both wanted to do going forward. Uh, this last season, with the rookie wide receivers, needing to lean more on the running game and so forth, Rodgers made a comment during the season uh, that they're running far more stuff uh, you know, of what Matt is calling than maybe what he wants to run. So I, I think last year you started to see a little bit maybe more of Matt LaFleur's offense is it 100% Matt LaFleur's offense? Probably not. You know, I firmly believe, and I've said this since they made the hire from Matt LaFleur, Mark Murphy, who's the president of the Packers, he was the one that made the hire. Uh, not Brian Gutekunst, but Mark Murphy. And see, Matt LaFleur reports to Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst reports to him, and then their money guy, Russ Ball, reports to Mark Murphy. As Mark Murphy was going through the interview process, at that point, he knew that Rodgers wasn't going to be playing that much longer. Remember, he wasn't coming off MVP seasons necessarily at that point with McCarthy. So I firmly believe part of this process was how are we going to stay competitive and win without a Hall of Fame quarterback? Because odds are we're not going to have another one. So how is this going to work? What are you going to put in place to ensure that we win? And I think what got Matt LaFleur the job was his scheme, the, the Kyle Shanahan type scheme of we don't need a Hall of Fame quarterback to win with this scheme. Good ground game, good offensive line, and we can win without it. Uh, and I think that's what landed him the job at the end of the day with Mark Murphy. And he still really hasn't been able to show what this is going to look like uh, because Aaron Rodgers has been there. Sparky, walk me through what happened with Devontae Adams. Because I've been trying to figure out, I, I think both guys made a mistake. I think that Devontae's better with Aaron and Aaron is better with Devontae. And I'm trying to figure out, is there any sort of construction of Rodgers' contract that would have allowed for Devontae Adams to stay, or did Devontae just need a break and wanted to go play with his guy, Derek Carr? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've talked to Devontae Adams uh, and I know his decision, but I'm going to tell you what I think happened. They, he wanted to get this extension done uh, the previous training camp before he became a free agent going into that lame duck year. He wanted to get a deal done. And the Packers kept pushing him off. No, no, no. We're waiting on Aaron. we got to figure out what we're going to do with Aaron. Uh, and I think that eventually just rubbed him the wrong way. Like, okay, well, then clearly you don't want me that much. If this is all about 12 and you can't commit to me until you figure out what you're going to do with 12, then clearly it's not all about me. And I think Derek Carr and him had been talking for a number of years about wanting to play together at that point. Um, and because Rodgers, every offseason, is, I don't know if I want to play. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. And, and doing the Brett Favre thing. Devonta didn't want to be in that situation every offseason about not knowing who his quarterback is. Now, it's funny that Derek Carr is out in, in Vegas after this, but I think that, that was part of it as well, wanting to know who his guy is going to be going forward 
Uh, and you know, if a guy with uh, dreams of being in the Hall of Fame doesn't want to get stuck with a quarterback, they can't get him the ball, obviously, and wants to be playing with a top-level quarterback. And he didn't know if that was going to be Jordan Love. At that point, Jordan Love didn't look like Jordan Love looked last year. Uh, he still wasn't ready, and I think that probably maybe worried him a little bit too. But I think a majority of it was he probably felt just a little bit disrespected that they couldn't get that extension done prior to getting that Rodgers deals done. And I, I think that's probably what rubbed him the wrong way. Sparky, appreciate it, man. I think uh, as we get closer to the NBA playoffs, we may have you back to talk Bucks if that's cool with you. Hey, uh, I, I got a question real quick. Russell Westbrook? Yeah. I don't know. Why? Uh, like, I, I, I mean, I, I know, know Billy Donovan was his coach, but why? I don't know. I don't know what it does. I, 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 I wish I had an answer for you. It's something different. And there, I know there are Bulls fans now that are just kind of betting on on chaos and hoping something makes something interesting. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> that is the <laughs> proper you. response to <laughs> yes, it, Sparky. <laughs> good luck with that. Stay out of trouble, sir. You betcha. See you guys. That is Sparky Pfeiffer. Uh, when we come back, I want to recenter something as we get ready for pitchers and catchers to report to camps. We're having all of these discussions now. We're seeing the pictures. We are seeing the videos, and we're getting excited for baseball. But there's something we cannot lose sight of regarding the White Sox. That's next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. You better stay out of our business. You better stay out of White Sox business. Um, no. So the White Sox signed pitcher Mike Clevenger to, what, a $12 million deal? 
Correct. To join their starting rotation. And then last month, it was reported by Britt Garoli and Katie Strang of The Athletic that Mike Clevenger is under investigation by MLB following allegations of domestic violence involving the mother of his 10-month-old daughter. And and, the 10-month-old daughter. And child abuse. Olivia Feinstead, the 24-year-old mother of Clevenger's child, told The Athletic she's been in contact with individuals from MLB's Department of Investigation since this summer. She detailed to the investigators incidents of physical, verbal, and emotional abuse, including an incident from last June in which Feinstead said Clevenger choked her, and another two weeks later when she said Clevenger slapped her in a hotel room while the team was playing the Dodgers and threw his, his used chewing tobacco on their child. There's an open investigation on Clevenger. The source said the White Sox became aware of the allegations after he was signed. So that's, in in case you're just joining us, that's where we are and that's all we know. Other than some conflicting reports in a couple of places. One, White Sox might have known or someone in the White Sox might have known and might have told somebody who should have known. So we don't know exactly what they knew and when they knew it, despite what's being said. We don't know where Clevenger is at the moment. I am told by one source that he is not in Glendale. He's not with the team, apparently. He doesn't have to report until Wednesday, right? I think that's right. And I'm not sure what the collective bargaining agreement allows MLB or the White Sox to do at this point. But this is what matters. The White Sox season, how we look at them, what we think of them is going to be defined in my eyes, how I feel. I don't, let, me, let me not broaden this. I will tell you my feelings about the White Sox will be defined in large part by how they handle this from jump. And so far, it's been nothing. And if it comes out that they can't do or say anything because their hands are tied because of... Which is what, they'll, what they have been saying. They have been saying of. that they can't say anything because... They're waiting for MLB to finish the investigation, and MLB is the authority here. They're they're laying it all at the feet of Major League Baseball. They're hoping for a Hail Mary here. That Major League Baseball in the next 24 hours has some sort of rule, a ruling and clarity that will allow them to maybe move on and recoup some of that money from Mike Clevenger. Or maybe they don't care. Like, that's... This is what I mean. They're running out of time for this. This is the the decision on this, whether a decision is made, the action on this has got to come soon. Yeah, reporting day is officially tomorrow for pitchers who are not going to be in the WBC. Yeah, tell me, tell me who you are and what you stand for. Tell me. Because that's going to help me decide how I feel about my connection with this team this year. <sighs> okay. What would you want to hear from Rick Hahn that isn't a, you know, we have to wait to see what Major League Baseball, because I I firmly expect that that is going to be the tone. He should not don a White Sox uniform. But they... But what if they can't keep him from donning a White there Sox uniform? There has to be... So, there, there, there is no way a team can be completely powerless in that regard, and you should be working behind the scenes with MLB to find whatever clause you have to find. Or if, if, Look, Jerry Reinsdorf has, has built up a lot of equity over these years in his relationships with MLB, 
And if Jerry Reinsdorf himself has to get on the phone and talk to Rob Manfred and say, you and your lawyers figure it out, you invoke whatever you need to invoke, this is when those conversations have to be going down. And you, and you have to care enough about it to be wielding that kind of influence. Do you think that, that Jerry does I care enough know. about it? I, I'm going to learn. That's my point. I'm going to learn. I want to know. And you've got enough juice, you've got enough ways around and through all the words of the CBA and everything else to make sure he doesn't put your hat on. Because nobody wants to see that. I wish I had that little amount of, that little glimmer of hope left in them for that to be the case. I think that there's a lot at play here, and I... I, I do think that, you know, that they're waiting on guidance from MLB, like hoping that they're that they will get that. I also go back to either you ignored the people that you talked to about Mike Clevenger or you didn't talk to enough people about Mike Clevenger. From a baseball standpoint, it was a questionable signing. Like strictly on the baseball part of it. But anyone who's been around anyone in Major League Baseball, knows that that guy is a bag and that you didn't need to add him when there were other options available to add. And I know that they think that they see something, and Ethan Katz thinks that he sees something that is going to allow for Clevenger to, if he didn't do this and he's available to play for the White Sox, that will allow Clevenger to elevate towards the top of this rotation. I don't see it, but that's what they pay Ethan Katz for. He's supposed to see things I'm not supposed to see. Yeah, I'm not even ready to discuss it at a baseball level yet because he should not. He should not take the field. He should not put a Sox hat on. Yeah, but 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 Dan, my my point in bringing up the baseball part of it is how the White Sox have gone about the due diligence of adding to their team. This wasn't a player that you should have been giving $12 million to. And you jumped. You jumped out in the free agency process. This wasn't now like Michael Walker, Michael Walker signing today. Like that wasn't that that wasn't this. Had they waited, they may have known more about what was going on with Clevenger. They jumped out to sign him. And what that means is they targeted him. And how can you target a player that's not worth targeting from a baseball standpoint? And then everything else that goes along with him being Mike Clevenger. That's that's what drives me to ask the question, what are you guys doing? Well, that's why when this text from the eight four seven, what's your confidence? This brain trust of the White Sox actually wants to get rid of Clevenger. That's what I want to learn. I I don't know. I don't know if they do or not. I don't know if it's just money. I don't know if the money aspect. Oh yeah, we want to get rid of him, but we want to get rid of him at our price, or we want to make sure we don't have to pay him all the money. And they're waiting for that to work its way through. But th- there should be high level discussions right now to make sure that he doesn't report. It's not fair to your manager. It's not fair to anybody else on your team because this is going that no matter what you think your training camp is going to be, if he's there, that's the story. And if you want it to be the story, it can be. If that's if that's your choice, it's a it's a dumb choice. They signed this dude Thanksgiving weekend, Dan. 
that's how long yep. ago they signed Mike Clevenger. Yep. And he's been under investigation by MLB since the summer. Since the summer. Now, according to the White Sox, MLB is not allowed to tell teams that players are under investigation. I do think that this, while not being a wedge issue, I do think it's something that the the MLB and MLBPA will have to discuss going forward on this. But according to, to them, they can't say anything about any of this. They can't be told anything about any of this, which is why I would be surprised if what you saw is what you want to see from the White Sox tomorrow or the next day. I I think that they are going to they are going to tell you about the process. Do you think he's going to take the field? That, yes, that, you do. I do. Okay. I think that that you're going to see him doing. There's going to be B roll of him doing PFPs and everything else because I don't think the White Sox have any recourse. I think that they then run into a problem with MLBPA. If they do take him off the field, now maybe they have been able to scour language in contracts and find a way to not do this, but I I am concerned that what's going to happen is they're going to feel like their hand is forced because there's no ruling by the MLB and they don't want a war with the MLBPA on this. Be on the phone with Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers right now and find out what they, everything that they had to do by, per the letter of the law to keep Trevor Bauer away from their team. I would hope that that's something that the White Sox are doing. I am not confident that they are going to step up to the plate in this regard. And I, I think that there are some legitimate reasons why they can't. But I also think that they they want this to work. And again, we're going to ask the fundamental question we always ask about the White Sox, right? Who's in charge of the White Sox? Who's in charge of the White Sox? And who can say, as long as I'm in charge of the White Sox, this isn't okay? Who can say that? Who can say that? Who can say, with everything else that's been okay over a low these many years, whether it was the people said it's okay that what we say we say we didn't know about Tony Larusa even though our owner knew but didn't tell the rest of us but it's okay with some of us who might have known mm-hmm. or whether it was okay with Ron Schuler said everything Will Cordero did was okay that was fine who can say as long as I'm running the White Sox this isn't okay I wish that they had a moral compass like what you're describing, I've lost faith that they do. Now, I'd love to be surprised and be wrong about that and have a strongly worded feeling and press conference from Rick Hahn tomorrow about this subject. I I just don't know if from a rule standpoint they're allowed to and morally, I'm not sure they care. And that's kind of where I'm at with the White Sox. That 
because I I'm like it. I know that you don't care about the baseball stuff. I mean, I and 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 it's, it's regarding him. It's, it's lower priority. They jumped out to get him. Yep. They ran to free agency with a guy whose reputation was in tatters before we before even knew of these this. allegations. They yes. ran to go sign him. And how many times have we seen the White Sox bidding against themselves? They ran to sign him instead of signing Johnny Cueto back to this team. Or letting the market tell you how much Mike Clevenger is worth. They set the market for Mike Clevenger. In the first weekend that they could, they ran and they got him. That tells me that there, there's either a lack of caring about who this guy is that you're adding to your clubhouse, or you knew, and you were like, eh, he's still got enough arm. Like, I, I don't even think from a, it rises to the level of just from purely a baseball. Like, he he's not a weekend one free agent. And yet, here are the White Sox. Running out to sign a fifth starter. Running out to do it. That doesn't give me a lot of faith. And that's before everything else. We know this guy is a bag. He was a bag in your city. It happened here. Where you saw him break rules and put his manager at risk. And to the point where his teammates... It shunned him they for wanted it. him out yeah he was frozen out by his teammates and they moved him as quickly as they could they got him up out of here and you ran to sign him i like what the 815 says the white Sox chose their fate and the only good way out is to keep him off the field and accept whatever consequences come anything else is a half measure I, at best i i would love for the white Sox to do that I, I really would. Like, I, I think it would be great. Uh, a, a texter was like, what's the MLBPA going to do to him? Like, what's the worst they can do to him? It would be great if that's the stance that the White Sox are going to take. But here's the thing. If they were going to take that stance, wouldn't they have done it by now? Right. There's nothing stopping them. If they were going to say, hey, MLB, they want to file a grievance, they can file a grievance. Right. He's, he will not pitch for us. But, but, I, but I think there's a couple of things here at play. I think that they they need the pitching, number one. Number two, I don't think they want to give that money away, Dan. I think that's part of this equation. That they don't they don't want to make a $12 million moral statement. They'd rather let this process play out, let it be ugly, and hope that MLB lets them off the hook. If they want this to be the story, that is up to them. And at the moment. That's the way it's shaping up. When we come back, we're going to do High Noon. There's a little bit of uh, insight, expert insight, into what's going on with these UFOs that are being shot down by fighter pilots floating around, one here in the the Great Lakes region. And apparently, we were making fun of... What? <laughs> how the pilot gets treated? Where the pilot shoots the balloon down? What? Yeah, congratulations! You shot down yeah. a balloon. Way to go, Steve!
Nice shot. Retiring aviator Steve, way to go. So, well, uh, there's more to that. It's not exactly what we thought, but there's an expert who's basically saying, everybody everybody chill out about it, and here's why. I have something for you. Um, There's a history of the Super Bowl that I lived through, but I forgot the significance of. I'll share that with you next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? It's high noon. We started out by discussing that Bulls game last night, just the latest lowest point in the Bulls season where nothing happened in the game except missed three-pointers. They went all the way midway through the third quarter before they hit their first three. Our goals for the season are to make the playoffs. That's what it felt like. But I think the point was well made, too, that this idea of, well, Russell Westbrook will solve their problem. Their problem is energy. No, it's a problem. But the main problem they have is they don't play modern basketball and they don't play well together. We also talked about uh, the some coaching hirings in the coaching market, the future of Eric Bieniemy, and what the Colts eventually ended up doing. Sparky Pfeiffer gave us some insight into the decision-making of Aaron Rodgers and what Packers fans actually want him to decide as he is in his darkness retreat. And just a reminder that at the moment, Mike Clevenger is still a member of the White Sox in good standing until someone working for the White Sox tells us otherwise and why or not. So Dan, you you know, we were talking about Rihanna's halftime show yesterday. And do you remember halftime shows in like the eighties? Oh, they're awful. They were hilariously bad, right? Like like up with people and all that stuff and, and, you know, random marching bands. Yes. Do you, do you remember the show that kind of changed halftime shows? Not specifically. So, I'll give you a hint. It had nothing to do with the Super Bowl. It was actually a counter-programming trick by another network that changed the the way that Super Bowl halftime shows are done. Was it like a big Pepsi Michael Jackson thing? No, that that was the next thing that happened because of this. Okay. J-Lo. Fly Girls. J-Lo. Carrie Ann Anaba. J-Lo. Mental Floss did a story about this a couple days ago. In Living Color, a popular series created by Keenan Ivory Wayans and Damon Wayans is often credited with revitalizing sketch comedy and amplifying black voices on broadcast television. In addition to introducing many Wayans family members to the world, the series, which ran from 1990 to 1994, gave audiences their first glimpses of Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, and Jennifer Lopez. One lesser known but still significant fact, 
It helped birth the modern Super Bowl halftime show. So it goes on to tell the story of how, if you remember, in Living Color said, hey, the Super Bowl's on CBS. But at halftime, tune into Fox. At halftime, come over here. We're going to do our show, and we'll put a clock on the screen to let you know when you can go back to the football game. So then they did this whole special, and it was like all of their big their big characters. It was men on football. It was Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> it was Homie the Clown. Like, all of that. And they ended up taking away a big chunk of audience from CBS in 1991 when they did it. So, when, after they did it, the people who have the Super Bowl were like, we need to do something that keeps the audience here at halftime. It might also have helped them eventually get the NFL. And then the next year was the Michael Jackson okay. halftime extravaganza. So In Living Color played a significant role in a lot of things. Here's what Keenan Ivory Wayan said. The NFL didn't acknowledge this for years. They really just huddled up and said, let's get Michael Jackson. Let's make sure this never happens again. They just kept getting big names like Prince and Madonna. They also grabbed Jennifer Lopez. The story goes on to say they also grabbed Jennifer Lopez, though she wasn't entirely new to the halftime show experience. The entertainer who performed in 2020 was one of the members of the Fly Girl dance troupe back when they did this. So it's what the Wayans have accomplished like as a family is incredible. Like Keenan's vision for all of this. And I and I want to say it's Keen is it Keenan? Maybe it's Damon's daughter. One of them is doing stand-up now, and she's hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. Um, but she jokes about being one of the poor Wayans and not one of the rich ones. Fantastic stuff. But there's a great story on Mental Floss about this. How in living color is the reason that Super Bowl halftime shows have gotten bigger and better since the mid, the early 90s. Richard Clark is a retired government official who was a national security advisor to both the Bush administration and the Clinton administration and has worked for in government most of his life, is now a professor and a writer. He was also the anti-terror national security advisor. And he wrote a piece for Slate that says, can we just cool it with the balloon panic already? And he's using his experience to explain some things because he, he tells some stories. He talks about a month after the September 11th attacks, a jittery nation was told someone was mailing anthrax-laden envelopes to members of Congress. He said reports began to flood into my White House office about incidents across the country of suspicious white powder, police and fire departments creating containment zones, decontaminating groups of people by stripping them down and spraying them. Their buildings were being evacuated. He said almost all the white powder was sugar. Some was coffee creamer. A few cases involved baby powder. So eventually everyone calmed down. Then he gives other examples of the Homeland Security funds in allowing New York City to place radiation detectors at traffic choke points to detect a dirty bomb. And the devices went off repeatedly, causing police to swarm. While hospitals, it seemed, regularly moved radioactive radioactive material involved in x-rays and cancer treatment. 
And he tells multiple stories. And he says, explaining this phenomenon years later to my grad students at Harvard, most of whom lived in lower quality housing in Cambridge and Somerville, I asked him what they would conclude if they got up at 3 a.m., walked into the kitchen, turned on the light, and discovered cockroaches there for the first time. Would they think that the bugs had started to infest their apartments? Most students said yes. Upon reflection, they admitted they've probably always been there. The cockroaches were there. The students just had never made those 3 a.m. trips to the cupboard. He said, occasionally something happens to draw our attention to a phenomenon that we hadn't been looking at before. We see what looks like a lot of threatening activity. It's part of a new pattern, an emerging threat. But what we're seeing going on was perhaps normal. We just weren't looking. NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, has been around 65 years. They believe the shootdown over Canada was the first time the command's force had ever engaged in a shootdown. NORAD said after the first Chinese balloon shootdown, they had changed their filters. NORAD altered the algorithm rules they use to sort through the mounds of radar returns they get every day. And Pre- almond joys. Previously, some things were labeled as unidentified, and since they appeared to pose no threat, ignored. As with spilled sugar and cockroaches, I suspect we'll soon learn there have been many things floating around in the sky for years. We'll all become experts of the balloon phenomenon. We'll be less panicked, at least until the next phenomenon in which we're not expert pops into public's awareness. And the other story in this regard, we saw we woke up on Sunday to see that there was something over Lake Michigan and the Lake Michigan airspace closed. Lake Huron airspace closed while they shot something down. But the F-16 fighter missed the first shot. According to Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he said the first shot missed, second shot hit. Asked whether the miss changes how the U.S. may go about downing the next aerial object, Milley said officials go to great lengths to make sure the airspace is clear and the backdrop is clear out to the max effective range of the missile. The missile landed harmlessly in the water of Lake Huron and was later tracked down. So we're very, very careful to make sure those shots are safe. So it was funny enough when we imagined the successful shooting down of a balloon or whatever it was, and the guy lands, and you're hearing Danger Zone in the background, and they get out, and they're crowding around on the deck of the carrier or wherever they are on the tarmac. (laughs) And they're high-fiving. You got it, Larry. Good shot. Hey, hey. Can you imagine me (laughs) landing? Call sign loser. (laughs) (laughs) You're shooting, call, you're shooting. Call sign uh, Russell Westbrick. Right, you're shooting fifty percent. Nice shooting percentage there. You couldn't hit a balloon. You're in an F sixteen. I've got tone. I've got tone. Take the shot. Take the shot. How'd it go? Uh, not great. I missed it. Ma- missed Maverick it. wouldn't engage. Sorry. Sorry, missed it. Use the force. Turn off your targeting computer. Yeah, that, that really made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> He's turned off his targeting computer. What's he doing? He's using the force. He's trying to bullseye womp rats in Beggar's Canyon. <laughs> how, do you, how do you miss, man? Come on. It's pretty bad. Don't miss. But hey, man. You know, hey. he got it the second time. <laughs> Threat averted. <laughs> that is High Noon. We do it every day around this time. When we come back, let's... Why did you do this today? What? Well, now, now we got to talk about, like... Baseball White Sox. This is baseball White Sox, though. This is just baseball. You think that's going to make me feel better? No, it wasn't my goal. You didn't tell me I was supposed to make you feel better. That wasn't my, I I didn't get that in the marching orders. 
Damn it. Sorry. Great. Yeah, now Joe, we got to know. Now we got to find out what Joe Sheehan thinks about the White Sox. He's done his breakdown of the White Sox. Am I going to be happy with this? Oh, stick Maybe. around to find out next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.